The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? Everything can be used for good. I believe that so fully. Like, every time I have a a weird or sticky or, you know, at various times, like, really horrible and traumatic situations in my life, I, like, kind of lean on this belief system that like it is all for my good and it will all be used for my favor period that was a quick clip from this week's episode with amanda francis you know when you just stumble upon people and you're like i have to learn more about you that's what happened with amanda i was browsing through podcasts and i saw her picture and i was like let me just listen to a few episodes And it's literally her just ranting on her like Facebook lives and then turning them into a podcast, which is pretty genius, actually. Very minimal work, um, which I love Um, that she just really goes for it like that. But she was talking about money. And I think that for so many of us, money is a taboo subject. I think we have these belief systems like money is at the root of all evil, and that wealthy people are inherently greedy and things of that nature. I know for me, and I talk about subconscious belief systems all the time. That's really, when I talk about healing, people ask me how I've healed. I always say you have to get down into the basement to that, to that foundational level, right? Like what are the things that you really believe are true for you? And So I realized after listening to just a couple of episodes of her podcast that I had a ton of hangups around money. Growing up in my household, we never lived in a state of overflow. My dad became homeless because he lost his job for many, many years. He was living out of his car. My mom would ring up hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit card debt. Money was something that if I got it, it was gone in an instant. And I'm noticing patterns even today where that's the case. So we'll have a great year and we'll have bought in our house and I'll feel great about it. And then we'll get slapped with like a ginormous tax bill or a deal that I was supposed to have fell through or whatever it might be. I would just notice these patterns in my life. And as you guys know, I believe that we are totally capable of manifesting whatever we want in our lives. I believe that inherently we are all that powerful and that the universe always has our back. Even in the darkest, most challenging moments of my life, I know that those were all gifts at the end of the day that I needed to learn so that way I could gain more of that power, become more connected to spirit and change or modify the outcome of my life. So 
That's what I believe happened here. I stumbled across Amanda. I realized, wow, I have some major work to do. I ended up enrolling in one of her courses. And it was so profound for me that I was like, I have to have this chick on the podcast. I have to have her on because she really helped me. I've been doing this work a long time. I know this work. It was like, I just needed her, her vibe, her energy, her wisdom, those little snippets of goodness to help me shift. And man, I've got to say in the last, it's been about 60 days now since I did her course, I have seen monumental changes in regards to my finance. I mean, like debt that was just blown away for no other reason. Like I mentioned owing taxes. Well, I paid the taxes, but they fined us for being late, right? And we had this huge fine that I was going to end up having to pay monthly payments on it. And all of a sudden it just went away. Like this is not some like woo-woo shit. I'm telling you, I had the intention to get back to a position of being debt-free. And I just did the work. That's all that it is. It's just doing the work. So, you know, like I said, I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about money. I think we have a lot of inherent belief systems about money that are limiting us. So my intention with this podcast was to have Amanda on to talk about her experience, her transformation, and how she grew up in a very small town with barely any money to becoming a self-made multi-millionaire. She's an overall badass girl boss. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this week's episode. And if that was a total rant that made no sense, excuse me. I was literally at a birth for 15 hours yesterday. I am totally spent right now. Um, So with that, here is Amanda's episode. And until next week, guys, I love you all so much. All right. Bye-bye. New friends, I'm Jackie Schimmel, philanthropist, motivational speaker, glowing wife, animal rights activist, and a shoulder to cry on. Not really. I'm a crazy bitch, but a hoot and a half. If you haven't listened to my podcast, The Bitch Bible, brace yourself, pour yourself a stiff drink, and get ready to laugh your ass off or cry. Make sure you subscribe yourself to The Bitch Bible Podcast right now. You're going to effing love it. Can you give my audience a little bit of a background of, you know, I know your story, but they don't and how you got into this work? Because your intention was never to get into becoming a money manifestation coach. (laughs) No. At all. No. This just became what it became. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So similar to you, I I had a clear intention. I wanted to make money helping people. Like I'm from a very young age, it was just like, God can I do good work that I love and be paid well? What will that look like? And I always thought it would be being as like a therapist. I thought I'd be like a mental health professional with a private practice. That's what I thought for years. And on the path there, like I was, I'm from the Bible Belt. I'm from like the middle of of nowhere. I'm from Sand Springs, Oklahoma. I shouldn't say the middle of nowhere, but far different from where I live today. Middle America, Bible Belt, there was just a lot of like religion in my world. And since I was seeking to help people be on a path to like truth, like 
I don't know, kind of have God and the universe and all the forces of good I knew on my side. I wouldn't have said the word universe back then, but you know, similar intention. I like, I went to Bible school. I got an internship in a church and my intention was to like get my master's and doctorate in psychology and then go back and like be a church counselor and have a private practice on the side and write books and speak on stages. And I guess some of those things I'm doing now, but it came down to it. And like, my beliefs and my bigness and my open-mindedness and my like acceptance of all people and things or the intention to have acceptance of all people and things didn't fit super well inside the church, right? So eventually I leave ministry and I go back to school and I get a bachelor's degree in psychology and then I get a master's degree in counseling and I'm midway through my master's program, still fucking going. I just want to help people and make money. Why is this taking so long <laughs> to find a way to like have the, you know, have the certification. Mm-hmm. And of course, I know it was never about certifications, but I was just trying to get enough experience, knowledge, skill set, etc., to do the thing I always want to do, the thing I was trying to do all along. So one day in the middle of my master's program, um, I was taking a weekend class and I heard the professor with a group of students making fun of life coaches. And they were like, ha ha ha, life coach coaches, you don't even need a license. You don't even need accreditation. I was like, fuck, yeah, you don't. Now we're on to something. Now we're getting somewhere. So I finished that master's program, but all the while I was trying to build a business, you know? So I was like hanging up really beautiful, like life coaching service flyers at every Starbucks in the Dallas Metroplex, like every day for a year. Not every single Starbucks, but every Starbucks in like a like 20 mile radius. Like I was covering some ground. And one at a time, I like onboarded a client, someone whose issues I was, I don't know, qualified or or felt called to or believed I could help with, you know, until it eventually... And so I'm like, I'm nannying on the side and I'm cocktail serving and I have retail. I have all these other jobs on the side and I like have student loans and all this stuff, but I'm like building a business. So by the time I finished my master's program, it was like do or die. Like either this thing fucking supports me or it doesn't. So the first month that had to support me was the first month it did. Like the first month coaching had to pay my bills was the first month it did. And that went on for several months and I was growing the business. I was raising my prices a bit. I was, um, you know, packaging things different instead of just charging session by session. I was charging for more like a three month kind of experience. Like I was just becoming a business person, someone who could make money doing the thing they loved that they were good at that was helping people, you know? So I joined a PhD program because that was always the goal. You can't have a private practice without like, um, well, I guess that's not true. You can have a private practice with a master's. You can't do the various things I wanted to do inside of academia without a PhD. So I was still kind of under the limiting belief that to, you know, accomplish all my dreams, make my big impact, I needed a doctor in front of my name and a PhD at the end. So I started this PhD program and I, I'm in there for one year and it was just like a very toxic environment of like everyone trying to prove they're like worthy of something. It was a, a really bad energy for someone who I think is like on a spiritual journey and very spiritually inclined and like willing to release bullshit and only do what is actually helpful and what is actually, I don't know, worthwhile for yourself and for others. So a year in, I just went, this isn't going to help me make more money and it isn't going to help me help more people. I have to get out. And the business was growing all the while. And it was just like another, okay, this has to fucking work moment. So I quit the PhD program. 
um, which I had a stipend from that. And the first month after the PhD program was over, my business covered what it had been covering plus the stipend. And I've, I've always been really kind of obsessed with money and like this weird way where I would always like observe like my rich friends, like how their parents talked about money versus how my like very lower middle class family talked about money versus how like, quote unquote, like my poor friends and their parents would speak about money and who viewed money as a solution and who viewed money as a limitation and what was going on inside of everyone's like emotions and thoughts and standards that were perpetuating their realities. Like I was fascinated by it before I had, you know, the words for it. I remember quitting the PhD program and making that same amount of money. And I was like, wait, I'm not available. I don't think I would have used the word available at the time, but there's no room for possibility in my life to make less money. So even when I took away a stream of income, another stream of income had to come through. I was like, there's something here. And I was realizing that like, we're all an energetic match for everything in our life that we accept. Like we all have a expectation and a standard for how everything gets to go for us. And I started observing how that was true with money and how, you know, when I was working with clients, it was like, we started working together. They started believing in themselves more. They started expecting better opportunities in their jobs and in their careers. And they started making more money when I wasn't talking to them that much about money other than a belief that they were worthy of having a good life and whatever they wanted. And, but I was also observing that for me and my clients, like say someone shared with me that they paid off credit card debt, but the next month they manifested an expense. So the credit card debt would be at the exact same place. I was just like, wait, we have an energetic availability around how much we earn, how much we save, how much we spend, how much debt we have. And we have like caps around all of that where we can't imagine having more than this and we can't imagine having less than that. And I was just, I had quit my PhD program and I was playing with this concept and I was like, okay, what if I up my standard of how much money needs to come in now to like 8,000 a month? That's a six figure year. What if I couldn't imagine having less than that? And then that was like a June, I was playing with that idea. And then it happened that August. And I was like, this is fucking a thing. <laughs> like everything I <laughs> like, know about Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I was like everything I know about God, everything I know about the universe, everything I know about like taking responsibility and creating your life can be applied to money. And mm-hmm. I just have I I've been running with it. Like how long ago was that? That was six years ago. I quit that PhD program. So the business is nine years old. I went full time six years ago. And it just what accidentally happened is I went from being a life coach to someone who was, you know, helping some people become life coaches, which made me a business coach, though I never really meant to be one. And then I was helping so many people start their businesses in life coaching and various other service-based business, whether online or offline. And I started creating online training programs so I could get information and more people at once, which made me a course creator, which was never really the goal either. But today it's like I own a multi-million dollar global brand, like with clients in 85 countries and six figures a month recurring income before I even sell anything. Once I open enrollment for a couple courses each month, it's like, you know, about 400,000 a month. So yeah, it's a multi-million dollar global online education brand, you know, just from a girl who wanted to make money helping people. What I love about it is that it is focused on money. I think in the realm of spirituality, and this is where I had, I mean, I had edges around money, like manifestation, like, okay, so 
I'm driving my Tahoe, and this is just an example of how this worked would work for me in the past. I'm driving my huge, fully loaded Tahoe to LA every mm-hmm. single day for work. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate the extra $600 in gas. I hate the impact on the planet. Mm-hmm. I don't like driving this car anymore. I need mm-hmm. something different. And so I began envisioning that something different. I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I get a second car and it's fully electric and it's just a commuter car. Or maybe I get mm-hmm. a Tesla. Or I, and I just became open to this and I would start mm-hmm. envisioning, I would drive past gas stations and I'd be like, see ya, like I'm never stopping at you again. Like I would, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even tell my husband or anyone about this. I just, I had this I was just like, this is just not working for me anymore. And I'm open to something else. My husband literally called me within a few weeks and was like, Hey, we just fired an employee. And, um, she drove a Tesla model X that's fully loaded with the pass through center row. Exactly how you have in your Tahoe. Do you want to switch your Tahoe for the Tesla? Um, yes. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Perfect. So right. Things, things would happen like that. But, um, but I had you knew a how to of, focus your energy. You knew focus, how to, well, yeah. here's the thing that people don't get about manifestation. It's so fucking simple and you clearly get it, but you have to get clear on what you want. Most people won't ever just fucking decide what they want. Like you decided so clearly as you were playing with the ideas and the energies, you went like, this is what I fucking want. So, yeah. and then you set a new standard and you, it sounds like in this story, you didn't have any worth ideas around like, I'm not worthy of that or that can never happen to someone like me. But people do often so if we can like conquer our worth ideas, get clear on what we want, believe we can have it and then vibrate with it yeah. as you did when you believed it, like it has to come through because yeah. that's universal law. You're a match. And that's, my whole course is about that. It's about clearing the early childhood, clearing all the subconscious belief systems. But I still mm-hmm. had hangups around money. We lived in a constant state of fear or lack, fear or lack, fear or lack. Mm-hmm. And when money would come, it would leave really fast. Mm-hmm. And so when I got the show, of course, the money came. And when I went into treatment at 19 years old, I was verging on having to file for bankruptcy. And so I had these beliefs. And, you know, and then as somebody who's very like a spiritually con- conscious person, who's also aware of what's happening on this planet, my belief systems were like money is the root of all evil. Money can get taken mm-hmm. away really fast. I had all mm-hmm. of these belief mm-hmm. systems. And there was this part in the course, and I believe it was in Money Mentality Makeover. And you were mm-hmm. like, that is a lie. Money in the hands of powerful people who want to take power over rather than giving mm-hmm. power to is mm-hmm. toxic. When women are financially successful, they give. They give, they support others. They want to benefit this planet. First of all, so many of us, I mean, the vast majority of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. They live in a state of consciousness that's like, I, and, and this, a lot of people are going to go, no, but these are my circumstances. You don't understand. No, I do understand. And I know that you can get out of that. Totally. No, right. I mean, I think I probably could have had a lot of different backgrounds and arrived where I, where I have or whatever. But I love that money didn't come easily to me in my story because I had all the limiting beliefs. Like I had the fear and the doubt and the lack and it, this just doesn't happen for people like me. You don't understand. Like I'm putting myself through school or I'm this or that or the other or whatever. Um, yeah, but like, I think part of it is when you realize how, how it all actually works and that there are endless possibilities available 
you have like the option to take massive responsibility for your life. You know what I mean? And be like, everything I have, I've created and I was a co-creator of whether I knew it or not. You know what I mean? The good and the bad and the in-between. Like it's a sometimes uncomfortable reality, but it's the truth, you know? So I don't know. Once you take that ownership, it's like a big, huge step. But I think one thing that really helps women, and like you said, I was saying in my course, good-hearted people do do good things with money. Like money is circulating the planet. Donald Trump, <laughs> you know, and the like. like <laughs> and fucking we- Jeff Bezos, who's about to make a trillion dollars, they project, who wow. pays his employees shit and who doesn't fucking pay taxes. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, and so when I thought about that, you know what thought I had when I literally was listening to your course and then I was listening to some political person that was like, you don't make a billion dollars. You make a billion dollars off the backs of, you know, usually people of color paying a shit wage, you know what I mean? And like, you know, making shit in China and paying nothing. And for the vast majority of one reality, that's one reality. Yeah. And so I was having all of these like conflicting things going on. But what I realized is I was like, no, but I'm sorry. I'm worthy. I, I guess where my biggest thing was, it was around my worth because Sure, I felt like, oh, okay, I need this other car. It just makes more sense for me. But I had things around worth because as a content creator and as someone who has a really successful podcast and a book and puts out a lot of free content, when I created my course, I found myself going, is someone really going to want to pay for this? Like, am I really actually going to be able to sell this? And can I sell this? And what if people like... You know, um, I remember I put this video up on TikTok and it got a lot of views and people were like, oh my God, that was so, such bullshit. And I was like, oh, well maybe like people don't want to pay for the course. I had all this stuff. Well, they're just reflecting back to you the belief you needed to heal, you know? Yes, exactly. And I was like, oh fuck, no, this is just all mirror shit. And like, I am worthy of making money and I'm worthy of being compensated for my work. Yeah. As yeah. Amanda Francis says, your work is of high service and worthy of massive compensation. Exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah. where, where is the rub though? Like in this, and I just really want people to understand this who are on the spiritual path. Cause I know so many of my listeners are, where is this rub where with money and spirituality where people think in order to be so spiritual that they have to forego. Like I always say hot and woke aren't mutually exclusive. Like you you can be both. Like I don't understand why who else is going to support the, the woke organizations and the woke understandings. It's like having money just allows you to intentionally invest it places. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not only getting a big house and having some Chanel. It's, you know, so, okay. First, let me rewind. Although so that's great. Is, yeah. It's, okay, <laughs> so first, Jeff Bezos has nothing to do with you or anyone. Like he yeah. might become the richest ever doing what he does. And I don't know how he pays people, but like if he pays people horribly, then that's like, of course, unfortunate and ridiculous. But I'm not anywhere near a billionaire yet, but I've made like eight figures in my business so far and I've paid people well the whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like the day that quarantine started in LA, the night we went into like, okay, 
shelter in place vibes, everyone on my team got an extra month's worth of pay. You know, I didn't have to do anything like that. And it wasn't like I even needed to do anything like that. It was just like my natural inclination was along the lines of let's really enforce an environment of support and ease and stability in a time where people are about to get scared. And that was like my instinct there, right? So just because some people pay people badly has nothing to do with any anything. Like it only <laughs> assigning money and the energy of money, which money is a neutral resource. You've heard me say this in my courses, but it's not, money isn't good or bad. You know what I mean? And we can choose to use it for good. So just because someone else took that neutral resource and did weird shit has nothing to do with us. Like sex can be used for bad, but is sex ultimately bad? No. Like our lives, our voices, love, any energy you can hang out in can be directed toward good or toward what we would call... I don't even really... Okay, now I have to rewind. Because there also isn't good or bad the way we believe there's good or bad. Good or bad is us just assigning meaning to shit and trying to categorize shit as well. You know what I mean? So, well, when I, yeah, when my life was falling apart, everyone would have gone, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. Like you're right. and a heroin addict and, you, yeah. and it ended up saving my life and being the best thing that ever happened to me. And now I help thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people live better yeah. lives as a result of all of the darkness. It ended up literally being the best thing ever. Totally. And for the sake of like the way our brains understand it, since our brains do do better when we categorize like either, you know, good or bad, like everything can be used for good. I believe that so fully. Like every time I have a a weird or sticky or, you know, at various times, like really horrible and traumatic situations in my life, I like kind of lean on this belief system that like it is all for my good and it will all be used for my favor period Mm. because that's how I'll reroute it that's how I'll reorganize it that's just who I'll be at the end of the day you know how do you deal so um we you talk about quantum leaps in your courts and Mm -hmm. you know right now I've got a, a good following and I'm doing all the necessary steps and I'm starting to see growth in my online course and in my book sales and all these things. But I, um, I want to buy this house so bad and I just know it's mine so much. So Amanda, this is such a trip. I'm like, I told my husband, I'm like, this is our house. I mean, this house is insane. It's 7,000 square foot on seven acres. It's a Spanish villa. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is my house. Like, I don't think you understand. So we go to view, view the house and my daughter's room has her name painted on the wall already. Amanda. <laughs> that's awesome. um, and my yeah, husband so was good. like, that's a trip. But how do you deal with other people who, who are like, my husband's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, honey. Like writing off, you know what I mean? Like, he's just like this, there's no way we could afford this house. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's a way like my course by August will be generating X amount that I need. I'll leave that out. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? For me to be able to afford this house, like you better believe it. And uh-huh. he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's great, sweetheart. And weird that our daughter's name is painted on the wall. <laughs> but like, I don't think yeah. there's any way. Well, okay. So I think we're just much more powerful when we're not trying to convince anyone of anything. You know what I mean? Like when you're holding a vision and you know a thing and that's how you're directing your energy, 
it's almost like we can water down and dilute our energy a bit when we need someone else to understand. So I like I get that it would feel good if he had all of his faith behind it too, but like that's not really so much the point. You know what I mean? So yeah. in my experience in relationships, when I try to convince no one of anything, I mean this is with like my like this is like romantic relationships, my family, my parents, everyone. I've just found I'm so much more powerful when I don't try to convince anyone of anything and my life is such a strong example. They end up just getting it. <laughs> they end up just getting it and believing you more later. They're like, oh, right. So it's like, it's not really about that he gets it right now. You know, don't try to convince him of anything. Yeah. Just do your thing. Yeah. Do it because you know it's all that really matters is what you're doing inside of you, the energy you're creating inside of you, you know? Yeah. And then the other part of that that I think people really need to understand is that this isn't a matter of will. It's actually when I let go. And and when I say let go, and I think that people need to understand this too when it comes to manifesting, Amanda, you talk about becoming an energetic match, right? Mm -hmm. And becoming an energetic match for what you want. So Mm -hmm. feeling in your body what it would feel like to walk into that Chanel store and buy that bag or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, or to live that lifestyle. And then it's a matter of like, okay, so you can do a vision board or whatever you want, but it's just having the faith and the trust to pull back and go, I don't know how, but Mm -hmm. it's going to transpire perfectly. And I always say this or something better. Like it's going to be this or something better, this or something better, this or something better. Mm -hmm. So that way I'm not so super attached to that outcome that I want so bad and then feel disappointed or feel like this isn't working if it didn't work exactly how I planned it. Yeah, exactly. So in the course, I'm sure you heard me say this, I call it like holding on loosely. Like, I don't really like the phrase surrender, not because it's not a beautiful concept that's very effective, but often surrender gets like misinterpreted as giving up and just being like, oh, it wasn't God's will. It wasn't meant to be like, I surrender and nothing happened. So instead it's like, no, I choose. I know, I believe, I decide. And then I let it go. Like you said, this or something better. So I hold on to the ultimate outcome. I choose, I decide. But I don't hold on loosely, meaning I leave space for it to be different than I imagined, but even better, you know? So what I find is, like you said, when we're an energetic match, when we're holding the feeling and the vibration of the thing in our body, in our energetic field, and we're supporting that with our thoughts, with our words, with our expectations, with our imaginations, with our visualization, whatever brings feeling into your experience. Like I do best with words. Like I can just go on like it, it fucking happened. It's mine. I earned this. I did this. It was so easy. It was so fast. And <laughs> I love I can, your riff. Yeah. And I can raise, <laughs> I I can raise my vibe real quick, but like visualization's never done a lot for me. And like visualization does a lot for a lot of other people. So like, it doesn't really matter. It's just whatever like helps you shift your energy, you know? So it's like when you're visualizing, seeing it, knowing it, And you have that experience of feeling as though it's been done, like you have a sense of completion. In my belief, when that occurs, it is done in the spiritual realm, like it is done. But that doesn't mean you don't have to stay, you know, a magnet for it. You want to stay where your energy and the thing's energy are drawing itself towards each other, you know? 
So you have that moment of completion. And from then all out, you just kind of like, I don't know, some people say you just get into gratitude for it. You just get thankful for it. I might get just really joyful or excited about, I get joyful and excited as though it's already done. After I get to that place of believing it's happened, it's just my job then to be back in the feeling of, but it already happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think is the single most important thing that you do every day that you think would help my listeners out there to improve their like quality of life? Oh, well, hmm. I don't know. Let me see what comes through. I mean, I want everyone to know that money is a resource. I want everyone on the planet to know that they're capable of having it. I want everyone to know that like they're, they're worthy of it and to trust themselves to do good with it and to be more powerful, resourced women or individuals who have this thing of money like at their side. Like, for me, I feel like money kind of has my back. I know how to not just like call it in, like generate it and earn it. I know how to be with it, how to have it, how to have a lot of it in the bank, how to invest it, how to let it multiply. I learned how to make it my friend. You know what I mean? So it's not Mm -hmm. this elusive thing that can be taken away from me when it's like I have a stable relationship with it, you know, where I love it and it loves me and I work with it and it works with me. It's just another force that I know is behind me. You know what I mean? And that, but that doesn't mean that you ever stop working with it. Any relationship we want to like maintain and grow, we have to like work with. So if I get into like a doubt or a funny feeling around money, or I start being afraid about something that I have to spend or that I'm choosing to spend, like when I renovated my house, that was a big one that really freaked me out. Like, like I had bought this house and then I like made my tax payment that was already like seven figures going out. And then I decided to do like $400,000 of renovations, which is going to be like five. It's like, it was just like a whole thing. And I spent time being like, whoa, have I pushed it too far? Like, did too I go to Am I at my max? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, does everything I believe about money work unless you do hundreds of thousands of dollars in renovations? Is that the point where the universe... Yeah. And the energy of money go like, no, wait, I can't support you anymore. (laughs) But because I kind of marinated in the fear of it for a little bit, like maybe six weeks of being like really not myself around money, I like had a little bit lower months, like with our revenue. But it's like, I've been, I guess, observing my patterns with money for so many years that I don't view a low month as, oh my God, it's all downhill from here. I viewed a low month as, huh. Isn't that interesting what I've been creating in my vibration and I've been watching myself do it? Like, Mm -hmm. get your shit together, Amanda. What do you choose to believe instead? What do you know that is more true than the idea that allowing a chunk of money to go out to create or to get the house the way you want it to be? Like, why is that the thing God can't support me on that I wanted a house to be decorated and remodeled? Whatever. So like, I, I just got my shit together. And that's what I would say like the practice is that would change everyone's lives in every area. I just apply it to money, but it's just being the observer all day long of your vibration, your limiting beliefs, your thoughts, noticing the ones that don't support you having what you want. Every time a thought or or vibe kind of goes through me that isn't in support of me being prosperous, I see it quickly. You know, I notice it right away because it feels so contrary to how I, with the vibe I hold, 
But that's only from practicing holding this vibe for like all of these years, you know? So if, if we can tell ourselves the truth about what we want, know we're worthy of it, become the observer of everything that doesn't support us in getting it, and allow ourselves to tell new stories and form new ideas and belief system and affirm new principles and concepts around the things we actually want, like then we're really, really powerful. And I just directed a lot of like these ideas that anyone on this podcast has probably heard in various forms. I just directed it all toward money and like just created this experience Mm -hmm. where I'm like very clean and clear with money. Like, Like money isn't loaded in some negative or toxic or greedy or selfish or scary yeah. or what if I lose it way? Like money is so clean to me. I'm so clean with how I receive it and how I spend. Like there's, it's removing internal conflict. If we remove internal conflict around anything, we can get our energy purely behind it and just be this like clean, clear channel for it, you know? I love it. I was listening to one of my shaman friends giving a talk the other day on IGTV live, or maybe it was in like a webinar of, of his, I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I used to have stuff around money and, and I would notice too with friends who had stuff around money, I would start and, and clients who would work with me, I would start inviting them like, Oh, you want to come to my friend's yacht party? And they'd be like, Oh my God, that's so, you know, um, egotistical and all these things. And he's like, Oh really? Why? Like, let's take a look around that. And he goes, and I would just start to encourage all of these people who I was working with who had hangups around money, like, no, be the cheerleader. So, you know, for Mm, your friend at every single freaking milestone. Like I, I just was on Twitter for a second and someone posted, Oh, Kylie Jenner bought an empty vacant lot for $15 million or whatever it was. And I was like, yes, bitch, you do that thing. Good for you. Like you know what I mean? Where before, before I would have been like, can't you use your money for something else? Like for some, can't, couldn't you like, Oh, you made all this money off of lip kits and you know, like exactly. why are we always judging people We're around always, like wealth and, and money? It's because we've created separation and this will like mm-hmm. harm us forever. Anytime yeah. you, I wrote and, about this in the, sorry, we're like both like on a, a no, tangent. no, it's okay. We're, we're fiery about this and I love it. Anytime we create separation like that. And I wrote about this a bit in the final chapter of my book because I just wrapped up my book on money that I've been writing over like the past seven months, which was a whole like pouring heart and soul, you know, into a thing. And in the last chapter, I just said something like, as long as we're making it an us, them thing, rich people against not rich people. And as long as we identify ourselves as the not rich people, we won't allow ourselves to have it because we won't want to be bad like them. We won't want to be selfish like them. We'll just judge them more and view ourselves as better but that's not going to help us get the resource of money that we actually desire, you know? So like anytime the people on the yacht are automatically bad, you're putting a block between you and having the yacht kind of money. You might want the (laughs) yacht kind of money for your nonprofit. So yeah, and maybe you don't want the yacht. Exactly. Sure, you don't don't have to have the yacht. But the The money wasn't the problem. Yeah, The money is just a fucking resource. It wasn't the problem. Exactly. I mean, if the government can just print one, you know, 0.6 trillion dollars and like infiltrate it into the economy, like there is enough money to go around. Like the key is to lift people out of 
poverty and to lift ourselves out of poverty. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I would say, and a lot of times, and I know I'm going to get backlash for this is it is a poverty mindset. And because so many people don't realize that everything is energy, everything right. is energy. That's all that it is. So I understand when you've lived in, you know, X amount of generations of poverty and have always just barely gotten by and have had the pressure to be the first one that graduates high school or college or whatever it might be. You know, and I understand privilege and I understand systemic racism and I understand mass incarceration. I understand all of these things. And I know that it's still possible to move into a state of abundance and overflow, period. A hundred percent. And so it's like, okay, so we can take it way, way back to like the belief system that you pick your own parents and whatever and say that we had, like we were responsible for everything we have. But like, let's not even dial it back there. Like say you are not responsible for anything that occurred to you up until now. It just happened and it wasn't your fault at all. You didn't create it. You didn't manifest it. It is just the way it is. Like, you still don't want to go into a belief system that's going to perpetuate it for you and your children. So even if you couldn't have done anything about it up until now, why believe that staying stuck in it is the only answer for you? Because it's just like, we don't go after anything we don't we believe we can have. So as long as the belief is, I can't have that, that's not for people like me, you won't fucking go for it. And so like, yeah, you might get a comment or two that says like, that's really easy for two white girls to say, because we had white privilege. Like race wasn't one of the things that was stopping us from creating a good life, but there was other things. And everyone has, I don't know, whatever unfair advantage they were born into or they found themselves in at whatever point. And all of that's real and all of that's true and all of that sucks. And a lot needs to be done about all of it, of course. And you can do more about it with money, you know? Yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I will just say that your courses just really, I I felt like every single week I was just going to get my like little cheerleader. It's not that I needed your permission. I just needed to hear that it was fucking possible. I still find myself easily triggered when people were like, Oh, now you're getting sponsors on the podcast and making it's like, yes, bitch, I'm making money. I'm a businesswoman. Like either get behind me and fucking clap for me because I worked for a year on this podcast without receiving any money. And then realized that I was no longer an energetic match for that. And needed to make a fuck ton of money on this. Yeah. Or you don't, and then you're not my person and you can totally like skip through them and not buy anything or move on and listen to somebody else's podcast. Right. But it's like, it's just totally bizarre to me that the idea that you having a sponsor took away from the value of the podcast. Like the podcast was valuable because of the content and the energy and the information. And that's just like, it didn't become less valuable because you had a sponsor and like, that is what we're talking about. The reason people think it's less valuable because you had a sponsor is the idea that money is bad. As long as you believe mm. money is bad, you won't let yourself have it. Yep. It's like people think something gets dirty the second money is involved. Well, no, that's yep. not actually true. There was nothing inherently dirty about the thing we use to like buy food and pay rent, you know? Yeah. Like what? This yeah. is the thing that we it's, need, you know? It's just a thing that we need and... You know, um, when I thought about my course, I made it very accessible for people and broke it down into 12 payment plans or whatever. And that's what felt good for me. And, 
you know, when I decided my price, I decided my price because that's what felt good for me. And then when I was like, oh, well, maybe people can't afford it. And I was like, you mean to tell me that people can afford Starbucks, but not $40 a month, $500 a year for this fucking amazing information that you're constantly adding to in your, totally. like, give me a break. Like that's not like a thing. <laughs> well, the thing I mean? about that is like, you know, I don't know, at some point as people who like create their prices, at some point it's like, it costs what it costs. And you really yeah. have to like lock into a price point that you can feel good about and that you can believe is like, it's like worthy of that price, you know? And that, I think everyone who works for themselves, like kind of has a reconciliation like period with that. But like, I don't know, I've learned over a very long period of time that like there are people at every price point. There are people who will only consume my free stuff forever. There are people who will only consume like my $7 to $47, like little one hour trainings. There are people who will only do like the, um, I don't know, 97 to like 297 price bundles. There are people who want the like full blown $2,000 digital courses. There are people who only want the mastermind and there are people who are just dead set on if they're going to have anything to do with me, they're going to do the $100,000 a year private coaching. Yeah. I only do that with a couple people a year, but it's like, there are people at every price at point. Everything. So it's like, yeah. you have to just choose the price that you feel good about, you know, for the value also, you know you're giving. And it, yeah, it's a weird thing though. No, I don't think it's a weird thing. I think it's a great thing because here's the thing, the older Alexis who was just kind of starting to work in this, you know, area of money for myself initially did do the one hour. And then I was like, wait, bitch, like I can make $2,000 work. I'm going to do the fucking $2,000 course because I vibe with this person and this person's an energetic match for me. And if I want to raise my vibration, then I'm going to raise my vibration by being around this person and consuming this person's content as much as humanly fucking possible. So I can level up in my life. Right. And, and but you understood the energy of it, you know? Yes. And I think that more and more people are doing that. The other yeah, thing I mean, I, I see, I, I think I hear all kinds of combinations of that. I feel like I hear people say, I bought your low cost and I bought your high cost. I hear people say like, I haven't taken anything from you. I just want you to be around you. Let me do the mastermind. Yeah. I mean, I think I put, okay. I, my intention is to put so, 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 so much free content out there because it's what I desire and it's what I believe in. I believe it's like yeah. an important part of my work. And I have no apologies about charging for the paid stuff. It's yep. just like both are equally important to me. You know what I mean? But I also feel like I put zero amounts of pressure on anyone to buy anything. Like yep. just in the way I speak about it, market it, write emails about it, do a live stream about it. Like, it's just kind of like, cool, here's this course. Here's what I teach about. Here's what people are saying about it. Like, if you feel called, love to have you. I'm like, I don't like, I'm so chill about it because I believe yes. money is always coming and I know money's yeah. always coming and money continues to come. So that's, I think that's part of what keeps it clean though in the pricing and in the marketing. Cause in line of this conversation, like marketing should be some kind of dirty, sleazy, infiltrated thing. And marketing feels so clean to me. It's just an opportunity to let people have something if they want it that costs yeah. money. But if they don't, it's cool, you know? I mean, I don't think what pe I think what people don't understand is that they're being marketed to with the way that media, the media space is now people are being marketed to all day long. I mean, for anybody who's listening to this podcast, do you remember the last time you were marketed to? Because it was probably five minutes ago when you were scrolling through Instagram, listening to this podcast and you saw a 
you know, sponsored post for those jeans that Siri heard you saying that you wanted that is now popping totally. up on your fucking Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're going to go buy those $175 jeans because, oh my God, I was just thinking about that. And now it's on my Instagram. So people don't realize that it doesn't matter where you're driving, what you're watching, what you're listening to. You're always being marketed to, and that's not necessarily a bad thing as long, yeah. you know, you, you get to consume. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Too. Yeah. I think it's just our choice, how we spend our money. You know what I mean? And our choice, yeah. who we listen to. And I think I'm very positive that the, the things I put out into the world that cost money are going to go a lot farther than a pair of jeans for most people, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, last thing that I really wanted to touch on is mm-hmm. God. So many people have uh, this thing up around God, universe, spirit, angels, whatever you want to call it. You talk about God in your course. Mm-hmm. When people have hangups around that, like, what do you say? Like, what, what is your feeling around that? I just think use whatever fucking word you want to, because God doesn't care what word you use. Does that like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think, and people get mad when I say the word God and fuck in the same sentence, but that's another (laughs) thing God doesn't care about. Like, okay. So the thing is, well, I'll say the fuck thing first and I'll make my way through the whole thing. But like, fuck isn't good or bad. Fuck is just a word. And you can say fuck with an energy of hate. You can say fuck with an energy of love. You can say fuck in many ways. So like in the same vein, like does God care if you said God or universe or something else? I don't really think so. But I think we spend a lot of time trying to personify something that isn't a person. So like to me, like God isn't a person. It's not the gray headed white dude sitting on the throne somewhere. Like to me, like God is like this all encompassing like force of like love and wisdom and power and like. I don't know, of of anything we want that we can kind of tap into. It's like, there's just ultimate wisdom and guidance and direction available, right? Like the spirit world is vast. And so I think a lot of people like kind of learn this in a lot of different ways. Like whether you believe you have like your spirit guides or a guardian angel or it's whether it's just the universe and the universal laws that we've come to understand or whether you view it as God and you talk to it more like a person. I just don't think it really fucking matters, but I know you're going to feel a lot better when you feel like life is for you, the world is for you, God is for you, money is for you. You're just going to feel a lot better than when you're like trying to like intellectualize it all or conceptualize it all or get it to all fully make sense. I don't think human beings can fully make it make sense. You know, we can only be on a journey with it of letting it support us and learning more about it as we go, you know? And that's where faith comes in, right? Like I just have the faith and the trust that I always have been and always will be taken care of. That's just my truth. Like even in my darkest moments of my life, I've known like, okay, I'm going to be carried through this. Like it's going to be okay. There's opportunity for growth here. There's opportunity for change here. This is happening for my good, not for my bad. Um, totally. And- right. And that I'll just be taking care of thing means like so many different things to just so many different people. Like some people always being taken care of means like I'll be late on my rent, but I'll never get evicted. To someone else, it means like my bills will always be paid and I'll always have love. To someone else, it means like the men of the world might suck and I'll never have love, but God will make sure I always have a job. So like 
it like inside the things we know and believe and we decide and we have faith in, like we're still setting the standard for life, you know? Yeah. So true. And so powerful. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank Where you for having me. It was really fun. Find you? Okay. So I am XO Amanda Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok on all of them. My podcast is called And She Rises. And I also have a YouTube channel. You can just search Amanda Francis. And yeah, those are the places. Can I just say also that I just mm -hmm. love, you talk a lot about doing things that just feel good to you. And what Mm -hmm. I love is that I think so many people think, oh, I'm going to start this podcast and it has to be perfect and it has to have the perfect image and it has to be, have the perfect thing, it has to be this. And you're like, no, that doesn't feel good for me. I'm just going to convert my talks that I give on Facebook or whatever into fucking podcast episodes. And that's what feels good for me, period. Done. Yeah. I think I've sat down and recorded two podcasts ever. I like, yeah, they're just, I love it. If I do a 90 minute training, my team's going to pull like eight minutes from the podcast or like, Sometimes I'll do an interview yeah. like this where I like, if it's okay with you, like where I'd ask you, hey, can my team repurpose a small portion of this or whatever portion we like both feel fine about onto my podcast? So my podcast is us like doing a lot of repurposing, but I think that's part of why I get to have so, 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 so much free content is I'm good at taking anything I create in yes. one place and making it work for the other place. Everywhere. You know? I yeah. love that. And I love that you create your own rules. Like who says that these are the fucking rules, that these have to be the rules. This is the way it has to go. You have to, you know, you have to do Instagram like this and you have to do TikTok like that. Yeah. Fuck all of it. YouTube like this. And you're like, no, that doesn't feel good to me. And I don't like doing webinars and I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm still going to make this as much money. (laughs) Totally. I remember when I abandoned webinars, that would have been like (laughs) an internet marketing death sentence when I was like, I'm never doing a (laughs) webinar again. But I just made up this thing called a live stream event that now a whole lot of people do. And it was like so much more effective than the webinar ever could have been, you know? I've done that over and over again. And the thing is like, it is being guided by what you desire and it is being guided by what you want to do. But the reason that works so well is because when you want to do it, you have like motivation on your side and passion on your side and your love on your side. When you're forcing yourself to do things in ways you don't want to do, you're far less motivated and things don't get done often and they don't get well. And then you feel inconsistent and then you feel like a failure. And then you're saying to yourself, why can it never work for me? And it's like, it didn't have to be that way. You could just done it a way that felt better. So yeah, yeah, like when I started doing these long form 2200 character Instagram uh, captions, like that was like not what you're supposed to do on Instagram. But like, I'm a writer and that's the easiest way to express myself. So I did it. And I just think it's all, you, it's all just nonsense. You truly just have to do what feels good to you. Put some faith behind it and show up for the things you want, you know? Yeah. Okay. With that, thank you. This week's affirmation is, I am a powerful manifester. I am committed to clearing my subconscious and creating a big and beautiful life for myself. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at Recovering From Reality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com.